Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Yapper. Um, I'm one of your hosts, John D'Amico. Alongside with me is Khalil Keshfor. Um, Khalil, we got a pretty uh, busy show today. Uh, yes, we do. Football, football day on a Tuesday night. I know. Um, crazy. We have, a, we have a special guest who we're going to introduce in a few minutes. But uh, you know what, Khalil? I think what? we have to mention a fun fact of the day. Okay. Khalil, I don't I don't know how much you're into, like, uh, what, if you're a big foodie and whatnot. Oh, did you, a bit. Did you, did you know that ketchup was actually used for medicine in the 1800s? That is interesting. I, I, that I, is I, a new one. I'm not going to say what it uh, treated. Why? <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin an appetite. But, uh, yeah, no, that is a... Uh, that's a first for me, and yeah, I'm a big ketchup guy. Exactly, know, me too. So, uh, yeah, especially it, really don't ruin it because I'm watching I, ketchup right now, and I have to eat soon, <laughs> and I I don't think that will work out. I know, uh, Khalil. Yes, it's time to uh, introduce our very special guest. Okay, have the, uh, connection. So I'll give the honor to introduce who we're interviewing today. Yes. So today, guys, we have Mark Ernay with us. I've worked with him on the Terrier Sports Network, which basically what they do is they cover all the home games at St. Francis College. And so this is Mark Renee. Please introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So I am the primary play-by-play voice for men's basketball, the backup play-by-play voice for women's basketball, the main play-by-play voice for women's soccer, backup for men's soccer, the main voice for men's volleyball and the backup for women's volleyball. And I think that just about covers what I do for the Terrier Sports Network. I also <laughs> do some things for uh, Wagner College. I do some football for them. I do some volleyball, baseball, and softball at FDU on NEC Front Row. I also work for a Division II school up in Rockland County doing baseball and softball and basketball and soccer for them and maybe some volleyball when they start that sport up next winter. Mm. So every once in a while I get a nap in. And of course my day job is as the sports director for 1010 wins radio yes. in Manhattan, uh, a gig that I work uh, six days a week. Wow. Usually. I, th- I think that's pretty important. Yeah. And, <laughs> Wait, I, I have more. I'm, I'm going through the whole Go ahead. Oh, wow. The second page now. Uh, SFC uh, 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 Franciscan Fellow for this uh, current school year, starting uh, back in August. Um, I will be actually, uh, in just a couple of days, uh, a guest lecturer for Professor Gregory, uh, talking about sports broadcasting during, I believe, the activity period on Thursday, December yes. the 1st. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be launching a sports broadcasting course next spring. And if not next spring, probably in the fall, if all goes well. But okay. uh, we're, we're still aiming for uh, late January. Okay. I'm praying for the spring. Same too. <laughs> That's all I got. So I'm oh taking God. up all your time now. Have a good night. No. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, all guys. Right. So that was Mark Renee. And let's get started today. So okay. go ahead, Cleo. 
for the first section, we're going to be doing pretenders or contenders. Mm. Okay, you want to start with the AFC, guys? Let's start with the AFC. Mark, who do you think in the AFC East, let's start with the East, is going to be the contenders? Well, that's a good place to start. <laughs> there is, as we speak, a two-way tie for first, Miami and Buffalo. Obviously, the Bills going into the season were one of the heavy favorites yeah. to advance not only out of the division, but all the way to the AFC Championship and beyond that to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. They have had uh, some moments where they have not quite looked like Super Bowl material, mm. but... Again, uh, after 11 games and with six to go, they are tied for first. And, yeah. and right now, obviously, that would be good enough to make the playoffs. The Jets are only one game behind. They've been one of the biggest surprises in the conference this year. Agreed. Obviously, having struggled and they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while, but uh, Robert Sala has done a terrific job uh, in his second year as the head coach. Obviously, Zach Wilson uh, was benched last week, did not play. And the Jets beat the Bears 31 to 10 behind Mike White, who became the first quarterback for the Jets since Mike White himself last year mm -hmm. to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. So the quarterback situation needs to be worked out. The Jets have a terrific defense that is continuing to uh, really improve week to week. And let's not forget the Patriots. Maybe a down year for them at six and five. They're in last in the fourteen division, but only two games out of first place. And yeah, you know, with the extra playoff team this year or as of this year, uh, there is a legitimate chance right now that all four of those teams could be in the playoffs. Wow, I I, I agree with you one hundred percent, Mark. I honestly I don't know if you agree, but I think this is the toughest division in football right now. Just because I, I could honestly see any of these teams coming away with the division, it, it's that close of a race. And, and like you mentioned, a down year is six and five for the Pats, which is like, you know, that, that's, that's a good, that's a solid team for, uh, for different franchises on most years. So um, I honestly think this is the toughest division in football. Well, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm going <laughs> to argue that the NFC East well, is the toughest division. And in fact, if you look at this, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, well, right, well, right I'm, now, I'm a Jets fan. Top to, bottom, so <laughs> top to bottom, they do have better records. So, oh, God. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that in our hip pocket for later on. But yeah. uh, certainly in the AFC right now, that is the most competitive division. Uh, yeah. All four teams are over 500. And none of the other three divisions can say that. True, true, true. Um, Khalil, the uh, next the uh, division. Yes. So next we have the North section of the AFC, AFC North. So we have Ravens and Bengals that are contending. What do you think about that, Mark? Do you think the Browns and Steelers can catch up or not at all? Well, they're three games back, and I don't think so. You know, the Steelers had to move on after Ben Roethlisberger retired. Their mm -hmm. quarterback situation, they drafted Kenny Pickett. He's finally starting. They uh, probably won't be able to get up to playoff position. The Browns yeah. have had uh, sort of a hit or miss year too, mm. but they will get the Sean Watson back 
to make his debut for them, mm-hmm. uh, presumably this coming weekend. Ravens and Bengals are tied at seven and four. And obviously Cincinnati uh, came out last year and made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it's hard to discount them, even though yeah. it feels like Joe Burrow's having a down year. He's going to get Jamar Chase back, I think, this week. Okay. To help out with the receiving. But, uh, you know, the Ravens are always dangerous. Lamar Jackson, certainly an MVP contender again. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. I know that's on your plate. But um, I, I'm, I'm not real high on the Ravens' defense right now. And oh. they're coming off a pretty bad loss a couple of days ago. Oh. Now, I, I agree on the, uh, with the Ravens. They, they got to be able to figure out to close games. But they're, they're not like a... Uh, you know, it's one of those things in, where a team, you know, you either win these really close games or you lose. I still think the Ravens have a good shot just because, um, you know, they, they have a lot of firepower on defense. I, I know they have to uh, uh, f- figure out how to close these games out because that's that does, uh, you know, add up. I think it's the third game they've lost in like with 15 seconds left on the clock, which, you know, it's, it's unheard of, uh, unthinkable. But like still, you, you got guys on this defense like um, Humphrey. And Justin Houston's a veteran, and you know Patrick Queen is a young, up-and-coming uh, linebacker. A lot, a lot of firepower here. Um, Lamar Jackson's still a very good quarterback, so um, I wouldn't just count out the Ravens yet. But I do see what you're saying. They got to figure uh, figure out how to close um, some of these games. Yeah. All right. Now let's go into the AFC South. We have the Titans for sure, being the basically only contender I will say in this group. Texans not even close and will never get close for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, and then we have Colts and Jaguars tied. But let me know, what do you think about Titans going into this next section here? Yeah, I, I think Khalil, they'll probably be the only team in that division that makes the playoffs. Yeah. They've got the... It's basically a three and a half game lead with the Colts having that tie early in the season. And so because of that, um, you know, the the Titans had a really bad loss. If you remember their opening game against the Giants, New York went for the two point conversion and wound up winning. And that would set a lot of teams on a downward spiral, but they've been able to bounce back and and have themselves, you know, they've won seven of the next uh, 10 games after that. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good. Um, you know, they're undefeated in their division. They have a winning record on the road. They're four and two. And I, I think that, you know, they have weapons to, you know, Derek Henry is always dangerous. And as long as they keep him healthy, they are going to have a very legitimate chance of, of putting a scare at least into whoever they play oh, okay. in the season. Okay. Right. And, uh, Mark, what you, one thing I'll say about the Titans, they, they play hard for Mike Vrabel. Um, ever since he stepped in there, it seems to be that he gets the best out of his players, um, which is not not an easy thing to do as an NFL coach. But I will say, Mark, I know they're not going to be contenders yet, but Jacksonville, I I could I could say this for sure, they'll be there in the future. They they played against Baltimore, like you said earlier, when Baltimore blew it against them. Jacksonville is going to be there in the future. They got this young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who's looking better and better. Seems like Doug Peterson's been the right guy. Um, still need to build a little more uh, for Lawrence, but I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with in the future. Yeah, John, I, I, I definitely tend to agree. I think Trevor Lawrence had his best game so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the Urban Meyer experiment obviously was a disaster. Yep. So they've got the right guy. Certainly, you know, 
Peterson put a team in the Super Bowl and, and won a Super Bowl. Right. So he's got pedigree. Uh, it's just a matter of, as you said, getting the right pieces around uh, Trevor Lawrence and then shoring up that defense. But they did what they needed to do. They came back and they beat the Ravens, uh, who, again, you know, looked like pretty solid contenders in the north. So it, it was a really good win, certainly puts them on a good trajectory. I just think that three games back with six to go might be a little too much to overcome. Right. Yeah. That might might be a little too much for them. A bit tough. Uh, yeah. Cleo, uh, yes. go to the, uh, switch over to the NF. Uh, oh, no, oh, just sorry. now. Sorry. You're forgetting the West, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, oh, my God. No. Exactly. No, no. Uh, oh, yes, guys. Yes, Texans. I mean, we've been talking this entire time about the Titans, but the Texans, like, one I got, game. I got two ahead of myself. I got two ahead of myself. <laughs> they, they've almost got the number one pick in the draft locked up. Wow. See, so, Mark, this is one of the issues that I, I kind of wanted to get into. A little oh, bit. yes, yes, um, yes. And we can, we can talk about that now. Is there – okay, so in football, obviously, we know there's no lottery. Once you're the worst team, you get the first overall pick. That's how it works. That's how it's always been. Is there a problem with tanking in the sense that it's like – um, it, it makes the game uncompetitive and, you know, you had the whole thing with, uh, Steven Ross and the Miami dolphins last, um, when, uh, Brian Flores was coach and, uh, he bribed, uh, Flores to lose games intentionally, allegedly, want, allegedly, um, for that number one pick, but we all know the falling out after Brian Flores no longer, um, with, uh, the Miami dolphins organization. So yeah. Mark, is there a way to like, I, I, I don't want to say like that teams are losing on purpose, but is, is there a way to improve the draft process or a way for it, it where it doesn't seem like teams are constantly at the uh, top two or three picks year after year after year? Well, you know what? I, I think for now, I would tend to leave the system alone. And one of the one of the arguments that I always hear back and it, it actually makes sense to me is that you have a 53 man roster active every week. And those guys are not trying to lose. No, it no. It might be the front office trying to manipulate its franchise into a position where they're not in the best, you know, opportunity to win a game. But I, I just, the players on the field, you know, no matter if they're, you know, third string left tackle or, you know, fourth string emergency quarterback, they're not trying to lose. And so, you know, we've seen it happen to the Jets a couple of years ago, if you remember, where if they had lost the game, they would have wrapped up, you know, a number one pick. And instead they won a game that, you know, their fans were hoping they would lose. <laughs> and, I do and remember up, that. And wound up with the second pick. Right. And, and that's how they got Zach Wilson. Um, and so I, I, I think the system is okay as it is. I, you know, the, the, the draft lottery that exists in the NBA and has for 35 years now, um, I, I think it's effective for the NBA because you have fewer players. And, and I think there was more of a chance um, and, and not, not to impugn anybody in the NBA, but I, I think it's easier for an NBA team to try to lose if you know what i mean mm, yeah um, you know it, it, there are more opportunities um more scenarios where a player can you know misfire on a shot yeah you know and and it looks 
fairly obvious sometimes that NBA players might be trying to tank. Uh, NFL is a little harder to pull off, I think. And even baseball has gone to a draft lottery because they, uh, they felt that, you know, that front offices were uh, intentionally uh, trying to lose games. So I, I, I think right now I might tend to leave the NFL alone. Okay. But it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Right. And, you know, when I, when I say tanking, I, don't, I never want to say for players to intentionally lose games because, I like you say, players, A, they, um, they earn a living. They're, they're humans like us. They're trying to earn a living for their families, um, for their wives, kids, wh- um, whoever. Um, not only that, but, you know, players are also, you know, they might be playing for new jobs or trying to earn spots, like you say, second and third stringers trying to become starters. Yeah. Because spot, spots do open up in this league. But I've actually, like, I've, and I've read this, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. I, I read an ar- I've read a couple articles, um, whether it be the Post or the Times, um, in New York, where I, it's been suggested that one way to improve the draft process is to kind of reward the teams that don't make the playoffs with the first pick, uh, with the first overall pick. So basically, you have your playoff teams, and then you have your uh, non-playoff teams, but those non-playoff teams would play for the, like the, their uh, draft spot. I don't know if that's something you would entertain um, in any league, or it's just an interesting idea that I've... Uh, come across and so like I don't, a draft tournament instead of a draft lottery kind of yeah um not necessarily a tournament but like the first team that misses out in the playoffs gets the first overall pick and so on and so forth oh it's almost like a reverse right um right instead of so so if 14 teams are making the playoffs then you would give the top pick to the 15th place team yep ah uh, i don't know that, that gets gets too complicated or I, I think maybe that gets too complicated. You know, the other thing too, with the NFL, they, they, they strive annually for parody. Right. And I, and I think that would sort of throw a monkey wrench into the cog of that, you know, where if you're going to reward the almost teams, that, that might actually hurt the teams that they finish behind. Mm-hmm. Right. And it doesn't help if you're trying to maintain any semblance of parity. It, it's not going to help where if you have perennial losers who don't have a chance to get better through the draft, um, that, that, you know, that they'll never get better. And that hurts franchise values. It hurts the value of tickets. And there are a lot of, you know, ancillary other things, you know, that snowballs. Yeah. And if you don't get, you know, if, if, if you don't have fannies in the seats. Yeah, no, that, that's a problem. Number one. Exactly. And, and teams are already combating that for, you know, a, a million different reasons. But if you if you force them to stay non-competitive year after year after year, it's going to hurt. It's going to. Yeah, you're going to lose. That, that hurts the product from one to thirty two. And I, I and I don't think you can afford to do that. Yeah, it's it's just an idea. I mean, no, you know what? It, it may it may not be the answer. It may be the answer. But if if they're trying something out just because. Like I say, like no one, like right now, I know no one's gonna want to watch Houston Texans at one nine and one, by by any by any chance. But it, it's just ideas, just to uh, throw out there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, right. and, it, and it's a legitimate idea. Mm-hmm. I, I just think something else along the lines of, you know, there used to be a rule that the Pac-10 back in the day had, and now the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, which is now the Big 12, and obviously there are many more teams than 12 in those conferences, but they used to have a rule that you couldn't go to back-to-back Rose Bowls, as an example. Uh-huh. Maybe if you have something in place where, and I wouldn't say – you can't have back-to-back number one overall picks, but maybe after a second straight year, yeah. the third year, the best you could get would be the number two pick. Mm, okay. And then maybe you have, you know, some, I, I, again, you'd have to figure out a system because right. now do you automatically reward the, the, the num- what would be the number two pick with the number one? You know, that, that that's a slippery slope yeah. too. So I'm, I'm a, just thinking something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so, so you don't, quote unquote reward the worst team every year yeah if if it's a perennial you know i'm thinking back to the days of the pittsburgh pirates getting the number one pick in the major league baseball draft or the astros who were able to build a mini dynasty because of their right awful um you know they 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 had seasons where they lose right um yeah and and it's and they were uh, terrible and it was you know it worked out for them it worked out it, but no, now yeah. you know now now there are many dynasty. I mean, they've yeah, the you know American League Championship Series. I think it's six years in a row, which is you know almost unheard of. Um, so I, I know it's a little bit off topic, but I'm just trying to no, know, no, no, illustrate fair, fair illustrate point. how you know there there are ways to make it work um, as far as rewarding the the worst team with the number one pick. Um, I, and I, and I just, you know, I'm hesitant to say, no, we need a draft lottery. I'm, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of that for the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so um, have, let's do the last, uh, uh, AFC team. I, yes. I didn't mean to skip the yeah. AFC West mark. Um, yeah. right now we got the, uh, chiefs in the division lead with nine and two, the chargers at six and five and the Raiders and Broncos, uh, behind them with under 500 records, uh, quickly. What's your, um, thoughts on those teams well i think you know the chiefs again three game lead with three to go probably mm-hmm. insurmountable or three with the three game lead with six to go probably insurmountable but the chargers certainly have it in them uh to make a run to a wild card spot and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of justin herbert and so I, i'm looking forward to seeing what what he can pull off um and their head coach i i i like uh brandon staley who's, who's done some good things. I, I just, you know, how far they'll go. I'm not sure, but I, I think they'll make it interesting over these final six games and, and really put the fear of, uh, of the football gods into whatever team it is that they wind up, you know, contending for that last wild card spot with they'll, they'll make it interesting. Okay. No, I mean, Chiefs Raiders and Broncos on the other hand will not, I think they're toast. (laughs) Which I'm disappointed about too, especially with the Raiders, because I mean, I'm a big Green Bay's backup fan and for them to take Devontae Adams and perform like this is like, why <laughs> take him in the first place? You should have just left him with us. We would have done better than this season. But I mean, come on, like use the dude. He's better than this. He's he can do so much more for you. So use him. I think the bigger surprise is how awful the Broncos offense is. Oh God, exactly. They might be, I think a, uh, another coaching change, uh, with, with that being said, before we get back into that, uh, guys, remember to tune into FFC radio on TuneIn or the radio FX app, the official app of the college radio 
uh, to be able to hear this podcast either every Tuesday night or Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but yeah, going back into the Broncos, um, probably the biggest disappointment in football. Yeah. Uh, you got a, yep. you know, a star quarterback that looks horrible right now. No, seriously. They, oh, God. They, they, no. There's, a, there's a crazy stat. Crazy stat. No. If, if the Broncos scored 18 points in every game they played this season, they would have a 9-2 and two record. Sorry, 10-1 and one record. Oh, damn. That, that's unheard. <laughs> like, and they're 3-8. and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's no other way to, like, say what the problem is. Um, and, then it, and it looked uglier this weekend. When um, one of his, li- I think it was the defensive lineman Purcell that got into an argument with uh, Russell Wilson, or he seemed to be yelling at him. I was going to say, and, it wasn't much of an argument. I think he was well, basically yeah. reaming Russell yeah. out. And, and the, the worst part yeah. was the Hackett was right there, the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and he didn't say anything, but he saw it happen in front of him. Well, what can you say? I mean, there's, there's no defense. I, I, I understand, but as a head coach, you know, you kind of have to like, you know, control the locker room. Exactly. And, and make yeah. sure that. That stuff doesn't happen because now, now it's it's worse. It's it's embarrassing. No, I think heat of the moment. It, it's okay if it festers and it repeats, you know, and, and they have an issue in the locker room or they have an issue at practice. Then I think it's something that, that would need to be addressed. No, but no, I, I I think in the heat of battle, you know, if a guy sees something he doesn't like, and and listen, you know, we only know about it because cameras are everywhere now. Right, you know, and there, it, there are wrong time some on cameras covering every game and you know you you can't avoid um you know especially on an nfl sideline if anything happens that you know the cameras are going to pick it up and even if it's not the cameras there are the fans who are sitting in the stands with their cell phone cameras right yeah and they could pick it up too so that you know there's no such thing as a secret anymore no the Um, the other thirty thousand uh cameras but uh i I understand Right, right. You know, in, in the heat of the moment when something like that happens, you know, you'd rather see that than the guy running up on him in the locker room after the game or up in the tunnel and, mm-hmm. you know, and screaming at him. So at, at least, yeah. it, you know, there was a context to it. You know, I'm thinking back to the IK and Polly. Is that his? I, I hope I'm getting right. his name right. With the, the guy Gino, who Smith. Gino yep. Smith a few years ago and broke his jaw. Um, you know, that th- there's no place for that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it doesn't matter if the guy owes you money or if he stole your, you know, <laughs> if he stole your girlfriend, whatever it is, there's, there's just no, there's no, there's no place for that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think this is a little bit different. You know, it wasn't a physical altercation. It was just, you know, it was some harsh words directed from right. one guy to another. Regardless, and, you know, he may very well just been saying, Hey, Russ, get your blank out of your blank. And yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah. Not, regardless, though. It, it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, safe. For, just a final word in. Um, it doesn't look like that. Uh, that that helped the Listen, cause for Nathaniel. What doesn't Hackett help Hackett is that they're three and eight. So if they finish, you know, anything like three and fourteen or even seven and ten, that may be what hurts Nathaniel Hackett yeah. more than two of his guys arguing on a sideline during a game. Right, and it honestly does look like he is going to be out. Um, but anyway, uh, let's yes. let's uh, switch over to the, to NFC. the NFC guys. Mark, yes, this is your division. We started <laughs> off with we got your team in here. The this NFC is my division. It's my the... favorite division in football. <laughs> Every, it's, it seems to be everyone's. The one team N- I love, three teams I hate. <laughs> I'm dead. The <laughs> NFC East. Uh, 
This yeah. could be the uh, toughest division. You got yeah. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders in that order. Uh, Mark, thoughts on the uh, these teams in the division? Well, let's start with if the season ended yesterday, all four of those teams are in the playoffs. Yep. The Cowboys, yeah. Giants, and Redskins. Boy, Redskins. Commanders. <laughs> you know, listen, 50-some-odd years of talking about a team with one name and then they change it. Uh, it, it, it's very difficult to transition. It's like when the uh, Cleveland Indians became the Guardians. I, I forget that too sometimes. And then I remember, oh, nope. Uh, yeah. Change team. <laughs> or so change anyway, name. and obviously they had the Washington football team in between, but all <laughs> the teams in the NFC East would qualify for the playoffs. And I, I think the Eagles, obviously at 10 and 1, um, I think they've only been 10 and 1. This is the fourth time at all three other times they made it to the Super Bowl. So that bodes well if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. They've got a two-game lead on Dallas. The Cowboys have one game edge on the Giants, and they're a game and a half ahead of Washington. And so, I, you know, Philly and New York have to play each other twice. So things could change. Yeah. And the Giants do have one more game. Uh, actually two games with Washington, uh, the first one coming up this weekend. So, you know, a lot could still change in that division, but I think Philadelphia probably will hold on for the uh, division title. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if the three other teams, if Dallas, New York, and Washington all wind up with wild cards. It's very possible. Um, Again, Eagles might be the best team in the NFC. Um, The Cowboys having a fantastic year. I it's I only say this it, it's either gonna be the Giants or Commanders and I say that because it really is tough to have all four teams um, make the playoffs but again it's possible um, I I think the Giants can edge it out over Washington if I had to like pick a team for who who's has a better chance of getting the playoffs mm. just because I think they're more well coached um, I understand the, the the amount of injuries that that football team has had but. Brian um, with Brian Dable, they, they feel prepared every week. Um, they go out, they play hard and, you know, they've beaten some good teams this year. They, they've had some very impressive wins. If you ask me. Yeah. Well, they also had a clunker in Seattle, which right. frankly, I wasn't happy with. And, and the Seahawks are probably the only team left um, outside the playoff picture right now that might catch up. And, and so their win over the giants could wind up being the tiebreaker. That settles that seventh spot if if it comes down to it. Um, but I, I I just think you know, uh, listen, Geno Smith is having a comeback player of the year type season. Maybe even blowing my mind conversation for MVP. And whoever would have thunk that? Uh, Never. You know, back <laughs> when he was thinking things up for the Jets and and then replaced Eli Manning when the Giants decided they were going to end Eli's consecutive game streak. Um, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I, I, th- that's one that sticks in my craw. You know, Giants fans complain that Eli got benched for Geno Smith. And, and the simple fact of the matter is Eli could have played another four and a half seasons after that and still wouldn't even be close to catching Brett Favre for the all-time consecutive games played list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody cares who finishes second. You know, we all talk about Lou Gehrig. And that record lasted for years in baseball until Cal Ripken Jr. broke it. So, you know, we'll talk about Cal Ripken Jr. and Lou Gehrig forever and a day. But nobody's going to remember in in the history of the NFL, you know, years from now, 
that Brett Favre was first and Eli Manning was second and would have been a closer second if the Giants didn't bench him for Geno. Anyway, I, I, I think the Seahawks probably of the teams outside the playoff picture looking in are the only ones who've got a chance to crash the party. Yeah, and I mean, that's, and that's for the non-division leaders because the uh, in the other division lead right now, um, we got the West, uh, the 49ers. Yeah, the, uh, NFC North, the Vikings are comfortable five games up at nine and two. And you got the South, which is probably the worst, the worst division in football. But I, th- I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, Tampa will uh, come out of that a playoff picture. You, you expect Tom Brady to be there just about every year. Um, I know I've watched him ever since he was a New England Patriot. It it seemed like only uh, three things uh, that existed. Uh, death, taxes and Tom Brady winning uh, a Super Bowl or making the playoffs. No, it's serious. It's it's the truth. I, and listen, I, they won the whole thing two years ago. Let's yeah, about. they did. They did. They did. The problem they have, of course, is, you know, their head coach is is Todd Bowles. And so Jets fans, you know, I, I have a very special place in their in their hearts. <laughs> and I say that facetiously. I, I don't know. We have a Jets fan right here. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, in with the rest of that division being what it is, you know, Tampa Bay is probably going to wind up holding on mm-hmm. and and winning that division. They would, you know, whoever wins that division will be the only playoff team of the four. And, and you mentioned very briefly in passing the Vikings, who've got, you know, a monstrous lead and they're on the verge yeah. of clinching already. Yep. Uh, and they'll do that with a win on on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but against the Jets, interestingly enough. But the fact of the matter is, you know, John, you talked about you think maybe the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. And I, I know a lot of people who would argue the Vikings probably are better. It's real. It's really tough because I, and I'm not discrediting the Vikings, but uh, this is actually something I, we were going to get into with the MVP talk. Um, first off, my, my pick for it right now would be Jalen Hurts. I think he's having mm. a fantastic year. Oh, my God. Yes. But um, First off, the Eagles, uh, it just doesn't seem like they stop adding to the defensive line. Um, and it doesn't matter who's, like, uh, you know, playing. It, it, it seems like a bunch of these guys could be uh, first-string uh, people. I mean, you look – you just think of, like, some of the um, – oh, my God. the uh, You look at the – you take a look at their uh, depth chart, and you look across, and you, you got guys that could uh, – you know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox uh, – they just picked up Ndamukong Sue. Very good pickup. They traded for Robert Quinn. Linval Joseph. Um, a shame that Derek Barnett got hurt, but he he was a good uh, lineman. Like, you know, they got Hassan Reddick at linebacker that could pass rush. I, I, and I think it's a championship defense. You look at the secondary, too. You got Bradbury, um, Darius Slay, one of the best corners for a long time. Uh, I love the trade they made for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But it, it seems like a championship defense. And then, you know, the, the, with the year Jalen Hurts has had, um, I really think he, he deserves MVP. I know his offensive line is great, and he's got some good weapons, but I, I, and I think it's just a little bit better than the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, even with the last game that he played against Packers, there, he had an insane rushing percentage. And it's yeah. like, what? Like, he is a prime example of what a quarterback should be these days in the game and I just love his play he, he's not scared to take chances and so maybe that is what is helping Eagles to even play even better and to 
have such a great record this year, but he has been exemplary this Mark, entire I, season. I have, I have a stat here for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in now 10 career games with has 10 career games of two or more passing touchdowns and no picks in third as far as 30 starts. The only other four quarterbacks to do that in the history of football, Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert. <laughs> That's a uh, pretty good company. Pretty yep. good list. And yep. I, I, I think he should win MVP this year. Um, well, again, if we, gave, if we gave an award for the first 11 games, then maybe he's, no. you know, maybe he's I, the guy, I, but you still have a third of the season left. I, yeah. I, I, I understand. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm I wouldn't not... quite, you know, carve his name into the trophy just. Yet. Yeah. No, no. I, you can't I forget Mahomes. <laughs> like, no, no. I, I'm not saying there's not other candidates. I know Mahomes has had a, a terrific year. You could throw Josh Allen in there. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Geno Smith. Maybe he is MVP, which I don't think anyone saw coming this year. But right now, he's my pick. Again, I understand there's a third of the season, so it's not like I'm proclaiming this uh, four weeks from now. That could change. But right now, I think he's played better than anyone. Well, yeah, and and, and maybe he has. Certainly, his team mm-hmm. has the best record. And, it, you know, you have, you have to, number one, you know, see how the races shake out mm-hmm. and and see how the stats shake out. And, and he's got to stay healthy. And, you know, we've seen – you know, weekly that big names get hurt. So True. you're right. Yeah. You I mean, have knock to on wood. Sure. I don't want anyone to get, I am. I, I right. never want anyone to get hurt. I, Agreed. I hope everyone's no, I want some guys to get hurt, but I won't tell you. Who. <laughs> I think I'm we kidding, can have I'm a, kidding, uh, I'm kidding. I think I'm we could have a decent idea. <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, you know, it, you, you mentioned some of those uh, defensive guys uh, on Philly and, and, mm-hmm. you know, it hurts my heart to hear names like Linval Joseph, who was a giant before he went to the Vikings mm-hmm. yep. and James Bradbury, who was a giant uh, for a minute and a half. Um, you know, if, if, if New York still had those guys, their, their defense, you know, which is better. much improved this year than certainly what we saw the last few seasons before Dable came in. Uh, you know, I, I, I think their record probably would be a little bit better than it is. And make no mistake, the giants, just like the Jets have, I think, surprised every football fan in New York that they're both seven and four at this point in the season. Uh, even though the, you know, after starting six and one, you might have had higher hopes. But the fact of the matter is, if, if you had told most Jet or Giant fans back in June that the teams would be seven and four. I, I think they would have wanted you committed I, to an insane asylum. I, I would have said the exact same thing too. Um, because, you know, I, I'm a Jets fan, but I, and I watch both these teams very closely. Um, I, I would have never thought that either team be over 500. I, it, it shocks me. I, the <laughs> last time, the last time both teams forget about both. One of these teams having like some relevance, you know, <laughs> I, you, I'm dead. I'm serious though. I I don't mean to be you know so down, but like the history, especially for the Jets. Yeah, like, yeah. It just you know it, it's like a dream come true this season. <laughs> but Listen, uh, if, anyway, if you told us in the summer that they they'd have seven wins total. You know, each team for the season, so seven and ten. I I think we would have signed up for that, given what we've yeah. seen the last few seasons. But, I, I think you know, both now, teams get to ten games now. Yeah, it's I mean, because impossible. they're playing so well, I I think we'd be really disappointed if they're not at least nine and eight each of right. them. Right. Yeah. Um, and certainly 10 or 11 wins, not beyond the realm of possibility. 
No, it's it's not, which is the crazy thing. Um, all right, Mark, we're gonna um, Khalil, we're gonna get into the uh, next uh, set of uh, things to discuss. Um, yes, at the uh, trail end of the uh, podcast, um, we're gonna talk about one of the bigger issues, Mark. Um, yes, you you've covered, if you watched uh, NFL for quite a long time, I'd say, um, you probably have more knowledge that you could forget that I'll ever know, but uh, one thing I want to discuss, and it's kind of more of a serious issue. Um, and it's not just with this year. It's been in previous years, too. Um, it it, it kind of has to do with NFL uh, concussion protocol and metal, uh, medical staff. Um, mal, uh, I don't, what's the, the correct word to be? Uh, malpractice. Misjudgment. Yeah, misjudgment, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, misjudgment is nice. Malpractice might be more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so you've had, um, like for this year, you've had the Tua Tagovailoa game where you know, the head injury, it sparked uh, intense yeah. uh, debate over concussion protocol. And you've had uh, players in the past. Remember in 2020, you had Tyrod Taylor, um, who they're actually in a lawsuit now this year. Um, he's suing the, one of the doctors because, you know, he was in for uh, injury with a uh, it, it was it was treated for a rib injury, but it turned out to be a punctured lung. Um, and even way back, uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, Trent Williams, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he had a whole holding out back when Washington were, were the Redskins um, because, you know, they failed to diagnose him that he had a rare form of cancer, which, you know, that's almost his life. And very well so he he should have a grievance against them. But, Mark, I, I want to, like, talk like, OK, what 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 is like, why are we seeing so many of these, you know, stories where it's like, uh where these these situations aren't being handled the correct way it's been like that pretty much since the league started right mm -hmm. rub some dirt on it get back in the game right we've we've heard examples you know very extreme examples of uh you know back in the day a guy named jack youngblood played the super bowl on a broken leg right. ronnie lott before he became a jet standout defensive back a Hall of Fame defensive mm -hmm. back with the 49ers cut a finger off so that he would be able to play. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's crazy. Again, extreme examples, but the fact of the matter is the teams exist on winning, right? Mm -hmm. Al Davis, the departed owner of the Raiders. Raiders just win baby and that that's a philosophy that every team has but al was the first one really to vocalize it and and make money off the slogan you you're going to find you know very sketchy medical decisions um you know the 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 tua concussion thing was really i mean that was probably one of the most frightening things i've seen and 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 we've seen you know for decades where players would, they used to call it, get their bells rung or hear bells and, mm. and would, you know, get a whiff of uh, smelling salts and get back in the game. And, you know, over the years, obviously more care has been taken to try and prevent and treat head injuries and get players out when they've obviously sustained a concussion and so there is progress being made. It's just very incremental progress. And it's at a snail's pace that the progress is being made. But, but it is being made. And I think we should give 
the NFL a little bit of credit for that, but have, you know, the, the very obvious cases like Tua yeah. uh, and, and some of the other ones that we've seen over the years, there really needs to be a, a better and, and a stricter process for how it's handled, right? And, you know, the fact that they had the guy back out there the next game um, and, and then he got even more egregiously injured is just, it, it's, it's obviously not good. Um, it, it's not good for the, for the NFL itself. And it's not good for football at any level because, you know, you have fewer and fewer kids who are playing the game now because of the inherent dangers in, in suffering, you know, brain injuries. And, yeah. you know, it's one thing if you break a leg or you tear an ACL, you can have that fixed. Generally speaking, when you have a broken brain, it can't be repaired. And that is really something that alarms a great many people. And, you know, how do you juxtapose that with the win baby, you know, just win baby. Yeah. No, it's right. It's very tough. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, just a reminder, guys, uh, to tune in to the SFC radio app on TuneIn or the Radio FX app, the official college app, uh, official app of the college radio to be able to hear this podcast either every Tuesday night or Wednesday afternoon when it airs. Um, guys, uh, getting back into it, uh, we have Mark Renee with us. Um, and we're, we're going over like NFL concussion and you bring up the point mark where uh, we said with Al Davis that teams want to win. And I get it. Players have the players have a drive too that everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to win because this is their life. This is what they want to do with their life. And this is their passion for life. So, and you know what? It, it, it almost is like, I don't think that's the one part that a lot of people miss when they, when they do look into these situations because again, I, I'm sure like Tua, um, whether whether he was fine or not with his concussion, um, I'm sure you know the first thing he wanted to do because he's an ultimate competitor. He wanted to get back on that field for the Dolphins, and I and I understand that. But also, you got to look at it like you know you're risking long term health uh, for future years when you play, or you know even after. Um, there's there's players that have talked about. Uh, there's former players that have talked about you know. Um, what I like just it, some of it uh, not being worth the risk. Um, I believe one of the former uh, Packers cornerbacks, um, uh, it was uh, Sam Shields not too long ago, said uh, he regrets some of the uh, decisions making uh, with like concussions and stuff like that with some of the hits that he took. So again, it really does make it an interesting case um, and where, where the league goes from here because you've seen all these like uh, mishaps recently, Mark, like, would you, would you think that any of these teams should get like, you know, majorly punished for like mishandling a situation kind of like, uh, something, uh, that the Chargers did two years ago, or, um, when the red, when Washington was the Redskins and Trent Williams, uh, should, should teams be getting punished for some of these decisions? They should, but you know, what, what has to happen is you have to make sure that that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. You mm-hmm. can't just find teams. You can't find players for, for breaking rules that don't really exist. You have to right. legislate that stuff. And so while, you know, we might want to talk about, you know, the dolphins for, for putting a guy back in their quarterback back in too early 
um, you know, there should be an, a, a severe punishment to uh, to dissuade them from ever doing that again. Yeah, you, you have to legislate that. You can't just have the commissioner arbitrarily decide, OK, he's going to take a draft pick away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, it's, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And it probably shouldn't work that way because then you, again, another slippery slope, you know, how do you decide how much is too much? How do you decide what's not enough? Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we've, remember, we've seen, we've seen player behavior punishments that vary over the years. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's something else. You probably should have it set in stone <laughs> that when X happens, Y is the punishment. And, you know, there's no wiggle room, there's no negotiating. And, and I think, you know, the, the players and the league itself would probably be better served by having a, a hard and fast, you know, penalty schedule, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you say, with the CBA, it, 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 it just started in 2020. So it's not going to end till 2030. Um, that's when the next uh, negotiations are set for. So again, we're, I guarantee you, like you said, we're probably going to see a lot more of this, um, you know, these kind of situations, whether it be this year, whether it be an, another year or two, whether it be five years from now, there's going to be uh, more stories um, that we hear or read about um, with uh, situations probably not being handled the right way. Yeah, and as it relates to that, you can always reopen the negotiation early. Right. No, too. yeah, I'm saying you, you can. Safety, I'm, I, you know, I'm saying player safety would... is such a big issue that you could, you know, you could get the two sides to the, you don't even have to be at the table anymore, right? You can do it on Zoom and and just, you know, have have all the representatives, whoever it is, whether it's the player rep, the union rep, the league reps, you can have everybody on a Zoom meeting on a Tuesday when when the league is, you know, 99% off and and try and hash it out, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I wasn't trying to say two they, had weeks. To, they had to wait 10 years. I'm just saying that's when um, it does end, but right. um yeah, and in that case, I'd like to move on um, to another, I guess, you know, it's not it's not so much I, I'd say it's an issue, but, you know, to fans it might be. Yeah. Um, and that's with uh, – and I guess this is more like even across all sports, um, and, and that's <laughs> with uh, refereeing and, um, you know, in uh, baseball, for example, they talk about uh, um, having robot umpires to uh, manage balls and strikes. Um, in football right now, you're seeing a lot of controversial calls that fans are VR. happy with almost every week. Uh, you know, you could point to, for example, the Baltimore-Jacksonville uh, game. A lot of Baltimore fans didn't think that the game-winning touchdown should have counted. They thought Jones was in bounds because they didn't think it was a catch for that. Um, we Even uh, on Thanksgiving, I think, when uh, Hunter Henry, he thought he had a touchdown and got call overturned. Um, the Jets-Pats game, uh, about it was over a week ago. The final play of the game, NFL ruled that it wasn't a block in the back, but it did look like it. To, uh, in my opinion, it looked like it. Well, um, but even if it was, it would have been right. You know, no, it, 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 it would have been a makeable field goal. No, so. yeah, it would have been a makeable field goal. Um, nevertheless, like you know, you're hearing all these controversial calls, but at the same time, like you know, human error exists, and I don't think people understand how hard it is to ref a game or to judge calls uh, that are bang, bang on the field. Right. Um, Mark, I, I just want to ask like your opinion. Um, you know, are, are these criticisms valid? Is, are they being too harsh on refereeing? Like, what is it here? I, you know, I understand we have the technology and we can zoom into, you know, the smallest blade of mm-hmm. grass 
But I, I think if you have to do that, then the, the call shouldn't be overturned. You know, it's one thing to use slow motion replay to rule if a guy's in bounds or if a catch is made. But, you know, in, in the Hunter Henry case, I mean, if you have to zoom in on, you know, every grain of the football and, you know, between, you know, the, the millimeters of space between the ball and the ground and then judge, you know, did the ball move? To me, that that's not what you know. The essence of replay is to is to overturn egregious calls <laughs> that mm-hmm. officials get wrong. And you know, there's been talk forever about making NFL officials full time so that they don't have you know side gigs and and parachute in on a Friday for a Sunday game. Mm-hmm. And and I can see where that's a very valid concern. It's also you know the speed of the game, and you've got these old guys, you know, the side judges trying to catch up with, you know, guys who run a, a four, three 40, <laughs> you know, officials don't do that. Right. And they're generally older and slower and, and can't keep up. And, and my, my recommendation years ago was you should probably add a couple of guys and have like deep judges. They don't have anybody right. who's known as a deep judge. <laughs> you should maybe have a deep judge one on either side of the field at all times toward the end zones who can much like a free safety come in and go back uh, as need be, but at least they're in a better position to keep up with the pace of play. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old school guy and and I make no bones about that. You know, I, I, I'm a baseball fan. First and foremost, I think replay in baseball is silly. If you have to slow it down to, you know, one, one thousandth of a second to determine if a, if a runner is safe, or if a tag was made, that's not what replay was put in place for. It's to overturn the egregious call. Um, and, and so I, I think we might be, because of the technology, we might be getting a little too far out over our skis, but I, I'm not so sure that you know any of the ones that we brought up here tonight uh, really are good arguments for you know abolishing replay. I, I just think that it... it if they're that close and you don't have conclusive evidence, you have to go with the call on the field. Right. And the, uh, the main major issue I have um, to interject, it's not so much. Okay. I understand that, you know, refs and umpires and officials there, there's going to be times where they don't get the call. Right. I'm perfectly fine with that. My major issue more is so, and I'd say this from a fan because, because I, I love watching sports, but my major issue is, the consistency of which some calls are called um, because there are certain games where, for example, what's being a catch and what's not a catch in football. I've seen plays where, you know, you know, the refs and and I get there, there are different refs out there, but I've seen plays where a guy has caught it, uh, bobbled it a little and held on and, you know, it hits the ground. It's not a catch, but then I'll see another play in a different game, which is very similar and it's ruled a catch and and it kind of confuses you know, the, the viewer or the, the, the people who want to watch and enjoy the game um, just because you want to see consistency. And again, I understand it's different refs in different places, but it shouldn't, you know, the ref's job is mainly to, you know, it's, it's not necessarily also their judgment. You have to remember that it's how they interpret the rules because that's what they have to follow. It's not like they could just, you know, make up rules. They, there is a rule book. 
Um, but that's the major issue I have is the consistency at what some things are called and what some things are not. Well, but there's the issue. You need to have a, a <laughs> solid set in stone rule mm-hmm. to determine what's a catch. And, right. You know, if if the rule book says you can't have a hand over the ball when it hits the ground or no part of the ball can touch the ground. I go back to the David Tyree helmet catch. Right. Right. In, in the old days, and, you know, not very far back, but, you know, in the last 40 years, if David Tyree didn't land on Rodney Harrison's leg and have that amount of space between the tip of the ball and the ground, if the ball had hit the ground back in the old days, it would have been incomplete. But because this is the new NFL, and I say that with air quotes, because he had control of the ball, even if he had touched the ground with the ball, they would have called it a catch. And right. to me, that's not a catch. If the ground helps you make the catch, it's not a catch. That to me is the bottom line. And that's what should be in the rule book, but it's not. And so that's, that's where some of the confusion comes in. You need a more specifically written rule on what's a catch and what's not. And then you won't have these misinterpretations, or if you do, then that's what the replay rule can, can clarify. Right. And you know what? I, I hope there's more of like a, uh, um, like you said, a more clear interpretation of the rules. Because I, I, I honestly think it confuses refs too, if I'm not, if I'm going to be honest with you. Right. Well, again, it's I, not even the interpretation of the rule. You need to have a clearer rule. Well, like a clear. You have to exactly. write it better. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's very simple. You have to write it better. It's like the strike zone, right? Yeah. The strike zone is an interpretation by home plate umpires. And, you know, what used to be from the armpit to the top of the knees isn't necessarily enforced. And so now you need to have um, that rule enforced. If that's going to be your strike zone, then that's what umpires have to call. And, you know, you're you're always going to have a little bit of leeway, whether umpires will, you know, call a strike, even if it's just off the inside or the outside corner, Mm -hmm. that's something that you probably won't ever be able to change. And I heard you mention the automatic strike zone or the robot strike zone call, Um, you know, until they get the technology in place where a ball that bounces in front of home plate and then winds up belt high caught by the catcher is called the ball and not a strike. <laughs> you're not going to be able to have a robot umpire. Right. No. And uh, it's, it's crazy to think that like in the minor leagues for baseball, that they're actually testing these out um, with different rules and whatnot, which is and, a great place to do it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, it out that's in the minor fine. leagues with the partner leagues, with the Atlantic league or right. the, uh, the frontier league. That That's fine. It, it, but, it, it, once that's brought, if that's ever brought to the majors, it's like, Wow, it's it, it does change the game in the sense like there's not a there's not an umpire behind home plate. It's like wow. It, well, no, it, there there will be an umpire behind well, the plate. He'll, but he'll he, just be there to oversee. And, but yeah, know, he'll, it'll be overseeing. But like it, it's it won't have the same impact on the game. Uh, with, as opposed, I don't to think it'll come. It, it won't get to the major leagues until they have it nearly perfected. <laughs> they're they're not going to throw it out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't as, think so. As a work in progress. I don't think so. Or um either um. I think that's about uh, it for today, guys. Yes, uh, yes. With our uh, an other episode of Sports Yapper. Um, just want to give a, a big shout out and a big thank you to Mark Renee for joining us. Thank Mark, you. It was a pleasure. I'm, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us this week. Um, and I, I can't say enough. Thank you both for having me. I enjoyed the time.
<laughs> yes. So, guys, this was a great day that we had today on the studio. I mean, we had AFC contenders, NFC contenders. We had MVP candidates discussion. We talked about the concussion protocol. We talked about changes that should be made with the concussion protocol, if there should be any punishment that should occur with what has been happening with the players um, tanking during games. And we also talked about controversial calls probably by the referees. So, I mean, thank you again, guys, for coming and joining us here today. We have John D'Amico. This is Kaylee Lukashua. We had our guest, Mark Anay. We'll see you next time on Sports Yappa. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe.